family and followers. My name is Angela. My name is Pam. And my name is Edwin. And you're listening to episode 32 of Dungeons, Dinings, and Dorks. And so as you can probably tell, Pam is still remote. Hi, Pam. Hi. <laughs> we miss seeing you in person for these, but you know, safety first. <laughs> right. Uh, so yeah. So it's it's been a busy week, I think, for everybody. But you said it's particularly busy for you, and you've got a new hobby. Well, I don't know if it's a new hobby. Just is just another show obsession, you know. <laughs> well, it's, it's it looks from the rundown, it looks like you've uh, this has gone a little past your usual show obsessions. Oh well, okay. So the show that I am talking about is the Great British. Uh, baking show i'm a little bit late to the game i know it's been around but i like watched the first two collections on netflix and i i didn't think that it would be possible to gamble off of a cooking show <laughs> now i don't mean gambling like as if like with real money or whatever uh, that's um uh, it's not to that extreme yet but <laughs> but it's more like the whole it's it maybe because there's there's yummy food invested in it, but I like how the show is just laid out just perfectly to the point where you're both invested in the food that they're making and also the people that create the food. Yeah, true. They do that. And so, so like like this the the last collection, I I had a strong connection that Kimberly was gonna win. I just really liked her personality. She was always smiling. She always took everything as a learning experience, even when she, you know things weren't going her way. Was this a second? The second season? Was the second collection? There's the collections on collection. Netflix. I don't know about the season. I I don't get me started with Netflix collections. I know, I know. Unfortunately, worst. I did not know where else. I, this was more like a whole. Actually, I got into it when I wasn't feeling well. I lost my appetite one weekend and I was like, I don't know what else to watch. I don't. So I heard good things about this show and I just started watching it. All of a sudden, two episodes turned to four episodes, turned to six episodes. All of a sudden, I'm done with the first collection. <laughs> and yes, I that was able to get a binge watch. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just. You know, everybody is so nice to each other in this in that's, that show. That's the thing about that show that Yeah, it's a it's, competition, but they're so nice to each other. It is such a unique show because I mean, competition shows here in the United States, everybody's cutthroat, everybody's out for each other like out to get each other, backstabbing, let's form alliances and not <laughs> tell anybody. And then I'm gonna talk talk horrible about this one person or a group of people and how they how they're like the worst people in, on earth this one is like oh here let me help you with uh with the oven door oh, yeah. oh here yeah. you need help mixing here let me hold that for you oh you it's... need a particular bowl hang on i have I an extra I, have I mean there were also instances <laughs> where people flub like someone took someone else's thing and they were like oh no but they were able to, you know, fix it to the best of their knowledge. And yeah. they just carried on. 
And they were still friends after the show. Or at least I think they were. <laughs> but... It's one of those. It's one of those shows that I like to watch on occasion, from time to time, just to like feel a better feel better about the world. <laughs> you know, it's like mm-hmm. to feel better about society because, like, look, there's there are actual people who are nice to each other who really care about. And you know, it's in the very you know when someone gets like, like, you know, like. You know, who gets like, I don't want to say booted out of the tent, but who doesn't, you know, who gets eliminated from that episode. They're all hugging each other. Right. They're all like. And encouraging each other. Encouraging each other. Like, it's almost like, wow, that looks so foreign right now. Yeah, it's like, yeah. Everybody's <laughs> hugging like you did. You did wonderful. That was a wonderful show. You did your best. Yeah. Keep baking. You'll you'll keep getting better. And and you know we'll see each other later. Yeah. <laughs> Even the judges were like, are like oh, really nice to. Or the or those moments where the judges are actually helping the contestants. Yeah. Like, oh no, your your cake is falling over. Shh, I was never here. I was never here. And they helped out the contestants. Yeah. And you know the guy, oh, I forgot his name. Oh, um, the guy. Oh my gosh. I'm, I kind of like his little mind tricks. Like he would, like visit visit what they're doing. I was like, are you sure that that's gonna work? Because blah 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 blah. And then it would make the bakers second guess themselves. And they're like, should I keep on doing this or? <laughs> but it's like. The non Simon Caldwell, Simon Caldwell. Yeah, and you know he's like, probably mostly just having fun with them, and and, and they oh, yeah. probably know you know when he's serious and when he's not serious. Paul but on our Ho- on our side, it's definitely just a mind trick. Paul Hollywood. <laughs> Paul Hollywood. It's Paul Hollywood. I. It's one of those Paul. names. I can't believe it. It like just like. I just did a brain fart in his name because it's one of those names where it's like it's it's a very show like showbiz name. You know what? You know what my husband Paul Hollywood. He, he swears that he is like a long lost Baldwin brother. <laughs> he does yeah. that face. Yeah, it kind of does. But even you know what? I I kind of like when he critiques someone. Yes, it's critiquing it, but it's not slamming. It's not slamming. Yeah. He doesn't right. slam. Neither does Mary Berry. And Mary Berry is like one of those people who I just want to like, like just have like a tea party with. Mary, well, Mary Berry like is the grandma that you would just want to come over yeah. and she would just fit in no matter the age group. <laughs> um, but I find her more encouraging. Like she is welcome to the differences yeah. even when she doesn't fully understand what some bakers do, but she's like, well, it's different. Go uh, for yeah, it. Like, That's a lovely sponge. That's a lovely sponge. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's my latest obsession. <laughs> it's, it's a worthy obsession. It is I a worthy obsession. Those I are... am working on making my next bet for the third collection. I, I, will, <laughs> I, will, I will tell you something about that show. It's one of those shows where... You, I can't watch it and binge it because if I binge watch that thing, I'm off You'll to the grocery hungry. store and like I need to get like a cake. Actually, I yeah, need to get like what, a, a we muffin or like, something. Oh, that, that cake looks so good. Yeah. Jeff, let's go go, Remember, go make a cake. They had princess cakes over at IKEA. 
I found a recipe for princess cake. Okay, yeah, and then guess what I did? I oh. over, I overindulged on the princess cake <laughs> at, at IKEA. And an IKEA smorgasbord. Too many princess cakes. Too many princess cakes. I found a recipe for princess cakes. I'm going to have to make a princess cake at some I'm point. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure the cashier at IKEA is like, "Oh, you were watching that one." Well, it wasn't. Even, it was. It was. It was during a smorgasbord at IKEA. They have it twice you, a year. You you pre-buy your tickets to go into basically a buffet style yeah. thing. Gotcha. Of Swedish food. It's Swedish food, and the thing is, there's like there was a huge table full of desserts, and one of them happened to be a princess cake. And I could, yeah, you you said it was a princess cake because you like this got because it looked like it, right? Yeah, it was basically a princess cake. I yeah. mean, it was probably simplified a little bit, but it was essentially oh, it's a still princess good. cake. Yeah. No, they actually called it princess cake. They did call it. a princess cake. They did cake. actually call yeah. it a princess cake. And I the next time we went to one, they called it something else, but it was still a princess oh, cake. So good. Anyways, before I, I okay. before I be- get before he starts going, Angela, start you need to make. <laughs> what was that? Should we move on before we start craving something yeah. that we yeah. shouldn't? Or before Edwin starts asking me to actually make the princess cake that I found a recipe for. <laughs> so good. Um. Anyway, so speaking of obsessions, Edwin. <laughs> so yes, I got Flight Simulator 2020, Microsoft Flight Simulator 2020, and all I gotta tell you, it is a beautiful game. It is a very big game. It is a very system taxing game. I run a pretty high end um, gaming laptop with that really gets it really gets hot in this game. I have to put like fans under it because. I've never seen a game like max out my video card, and it's an RTX video card. It maxed out my RTX video card. It it used up seventy five percent of my memory, and I got thirty two gigabyte memory. I have thirty two gigabytes of memory. And went seventy five percent. Wow! It is such a taxing game, and there's a reason for it. Okay, now Edwin. <laughs> Now, let's see. What is it you were insisting on doing with oh, your yeah. virtual airplane? So all I, okay. So everybody knows that Hurricane Laura um, hit the Gulf Coast. Um, was it two days ago? Uh, two nights ago. And so yesterday, um, I found out. Yesterday morning, I found out that there was. There were people who were chasing this storm in Flight Simulator 2020. They were chasing it because one of the features of this game is that you can put live weather on this. So it, it, it's real-time weather. So when you put on real-time weather, it takes the weather information off the internet and places it inside the game. So guess what? Hurricane Laura appeared in the game so i don't know how many people there was a bunch of like storm chasers like wannabe storm chasers was like got on flight similar hopped on the plane and flew Straight to into like it. galveston and like 
looked at and took pictures of like Hurricane Laura inside the game. You know, Hurricane and all. So I went there in the afternoon, albeit it was already like sort of like dissipating a little bit. But I flew right into Hurricane Laura. And how bad was it? It was a little windy. I could feel the wind, you know, and I flew, I, had, I flew up. I flew right in the middle of the cloud. But then I started pulling up all the way out to about 35,000 feet. And I, you know, I saw like the cloud cover and everything. And it's like swirling. So <laughs> it is, uh, it was an experience, but yes, real time weather in this game is real time weather in this game. So, Although I don't think I don't think you would have flown as easily as oh no I came in real life well no I took a big big beefy plane something that's not too you know something that, that could withstand that I'm not gonna take like a like a Cessna 172 like <laughs> like dinky little kite and go in there no I want to be it's not gonna be a good day you know <laughs> so. Something I would do. I, I, took, I took a I I took the um I took a uh, an A three twenty in there. So <laughs> it's a big commercial jetliner. Wow. <laughs> right into it. So yeah, so that's the it was I thought it was pretty cool and you know it's I'm still playing that game. In fact I was playing it before we started this podcast. Um, right now I had it, I was in New York city. I was about to fly into Boston. Hmm. So like, yeah, I did all the, I did all the typical Filipino thing and like, you let's also... go to Manila. Let's go to Cebu. <laughs> you also <laughs> did the, the typical, like, Hey, I wonder if I can see my house from oh, here. Oh yeah. I saw our, I flew to, I was flying in the twin cities, tried to find our, our house I flew to my my. We, we flew over our neighborhood. They do have um, actual uh, satellite photos of places, and we saw what our house looked like when it was red. When it was red. That's, yeah, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So the the satellite photos are a little bit older. Yeah. But you know. I found my I found my parents' place. I I I flew in. I flew. Out of Davao City, went across the bay to where my parents live, lived, and found found their house. And I flew to, uh, um, yeah, I flew into Manila, and that was that was almost a train wreck. Because <laughs> I tried, I flied VFR, and I almost landed into Clark. I was trying to find an airport, and I thought. I found it, but I ended up like landing in Clark or something. <laughs> Can you just imagine Edwin actually flying a plane in real life? And he's just flying very low to the ground, oh. just trying to find houses. There was a time in my life where I really, I was, I wanted to take flying lessons because I really wanted to fly a plane or like learn how to fly a plane. Just to see your house from above. Just, well, no, just to, because it's one of those things where I don't know if it's like every kid's dream to like fly a plane or whatever, but. It was. It's just one of my one of my friends in college, actually in high school, and then he got his private pilot's license in college, and we took like a single engine Cessna out of uh, Flying Cloud Airport, wow, and oh. flew around, and 
like it was me and two other guys and him and we just all pitched in to rent this plane <laughs> and for like a couple hours and it was fun it was great i felt like i i felt like i was going sideways most of the time <laughs> you know like i we didn't even look like we were going that fast and i remember doing like not calculations and in mileage and yeah we weren't going that fast like, <laughs> how was this thing staying up in the air so. <laughs> All right. so so flight simulator is quenching your thirst yes for for an airplane it's itchy it's it's scratching an itch that had that's been needing a scratch since the last flight simulator game i played now is this is this free on steam no oh yeah you need to pay for it oh, no okay. this is this is like 60 bucks on steam Jeez. Yeah, okay. it's but it's one of those games. It's actually, it's making a ton of money right now for Microsoft because everybody was waiting for this game, and then as soon as people found out how beautiful it was, yeah. even non like yeah. seasoned like flight simulator enthusiasts were buying it just to like my brother bought it. My brother bought <laughs> it, and then I'm just he bought it before I did, and he was already showing me like snapshots. It's like, hey, look. It's mom and dad's house, and hey, look, I'm in Davao <laughs> City. Hey, look, it's like that. Like he landed, and he's like, I was like, you know, it's like, come on, you don't even play flight simulators. It's like, like yeah, like flying like that is like taking off and flying across is easy. Let me see you land. <laughs> yeah. He's like, uh, well, look at the time. Gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> so he tried showing me the landing. It was like he landed right. It was like no, I want video proof. You can't just like take a snapshot. Who knows? Maybe you just like set your plane there. <laughs> what did he do? It? So did he, he do it? did it in a very sort of way. Sort of way. Um, he definitely wasn't straight on the runway. And... <laughs> so I don't know. Awesome. awesome. Anyways, that's that was my that was my my. F- my fun this week it was just like messing around messing around with that that's cool all right so over, over here um i've okay i'm i'm a geek clearly uh dungeons and dragons geek <laughs> all right i actually have a couple of things um i probably mentioned this uh last week but rob or ross Lyser uh and his uh uh, cohorts have released their the complete Arcanist handbook. I bought it. Oh man, some of that stuff looks absolutely awesome. I like the bard class. I like the spells. He's got um, a couple of bard subclasses: the the College of Puppetry and the Dramatists. Uh, there's another one that I can't remember right this moment, but they are. Things of beauty, and I looked at the spells, and they are fantastic, and I want them so bad. <laughs> I, I want so to use them. So what's the problem? There's no problem with that. The problem the, is, is that. Well, oh, this is not the one you're talking this about. This is not the problematic one. Okay. He's, he publishes on um, on uh, Dungeon Masters Guild, which okay, if people are still boycotting Wizards of the Coast entirely, they probably won't go for it. However, the the people who publish on there, they're basically just paying Wizards of the Coast to use the licensed material 
and reference the licensed material. And that's basically mm -hmm. it. So okay. yes, Wizards of the Coast makes a small percent off of the things purchased in Dungeons Master Guild, but but they pay with each person with each purchase the the contributors get a larger percent of that than they would through most other third party publishers. So okay. There's that. Now, there's some other news. Uh, Wizards, of, Wizards of the Coast did announce their next publication. It's going to be uh, Tasha's Cauldron of Everything. Yes. And that is supposed to be uh, released on November 17th. Um, now, here's the thing. There's still controversy surrounding Wizards of the Coast, so... I'm not sure yet if I'll be buying it when it comes out or not. I'm not sure if I'll be getting it secondhand well, or not eventually. Remind me. Remind me something. Why does Wizard of Course sort of suck right now? Uh, they have some controversies surrounding them concerning diversity and whatnot. Um, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so they, they've got some some controversies surrounding them right now, and they've said that they're going to try to make things better, but people are still waiting for them to prove it. Aha. Uh -huh. Yeah. So, yeah, so I'll, I'll have to keep an eye on that and see if I'm getting it when it comes out or if I'm waiting it, to get it secondhand. Because when you buy it secondhand, your the money goes to the bookstore and the seller rather than Wizards of the Coast. Yeah, because they already got their cut. Yeah, they already got their cut. So we'll be seeing if I buy it from a bookstore new or if I buy it from a used bookstore. Well, it's gonna be a while for a used bookstore to get it. Yeah, but you know, it's not even getting released until November seventeenth. So yeah. We'll see what happens between now and then. Speaking maybe, of, speaking of, maybe they'll make good on their promises. Speaking of publications, uh -huh. I finally got a peek of exactly how much extra content Angela has. <laughs> what? I finally got a peek on her computer. How much extra content Angela hey, has? No. Hey, now. Okay. And how big are the files? Holy moly. No, so it's more of how long is the list. How long is the list? Now, see, Ed, okay. don't be too unfair because some of those some of those were bundled together for charity bundles. Yeah, I know. You, mm -hmm. you bought a bunch of charity bundles. Mm -hmm. I, bought a few, I bought a few charity bundles. I have a lot of third-party content that I need to look at. But, yeah, it's... It's going to be a while. <laughs> I, my thing so, is... My thing is... is so basically, Angela, you can wait. <laughs> I can have, wait. I can wait. I have plenty wait. of new content to wade through to she's, last me. She's got like, she's got like stuff that I don't even know if they'll ever show up in a game or a game that I play. Because you are the, the dungeon master for, for our oh, group yeah. at the moment. Yeah, that's the beauty of it. She, she could just. Like, you won't. You will never know. It's like, what is it? It's going to be like, like, 
final chapter, final session. And he's going to throw everything at us with uh, with third-party content. And it's like, I don't know what this is. I don't know what this is. <laughs> I'm, actually, I'm actually considering... One of the things I purchased was a... Uh, it was a packet called 101 Useless uh, Artifacts. I may end up starting to throw those in for fun. Oh my god. <laughs> well, we don't even know what they would do because they're not exactly. in the book. Exactly. So it's like, what is this? One? Watch it. We go through a very tough battle and she would grant one of the lucky characters one of those useless artifacts. Like... Yay! A scarf that keeps you cold. <laughs> hey, you never get too hot. Oh, boy. Okay. Anyway, um, so there's more news that I wanted to, want to share. And this one's really important, so let me tell you a thing. Uh, oh, wrong one. Is that really a thing? Hey, what do you mean by that, Frank? Okay, so it, this should not be any surprise to anyone by now, but I'm a huge fan of the Major Spoilers podcast called Critical Hit. Love that show. Wait pieces. a minute. This is not a Let Me Tell You a Thing. Is oh, it? but it is. This is this is a Let Me Tell You a Thing. I thought this was a Shut Up and Listen. No, no, no. Oh, wait. Yes, it is. <laughs> oh, it is a Shut Up and Listen. Hold sorry, on. Sorry, back, sorry. back up, back up. That is the purpose of this meeting, ladies and gentlemen, for a nationwide campaign by you to demand by law such compulsory education. I'm not going to edit that out. <laughs> I just. Not. I know what you're wanting to say, Edwin. I know what you're wanting to say, and don't you even. I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> I know you're thinking it, though. Hey! <laughs> Good thing we're not on YouTube. All right. <laughs> okay. Yet. Anyway, so yeah, shut up and listen so I can tell you about this thing. Um, anyway, so like I was saying, I'm a huge fan of Critical Hit. And um, the Void Saga, which has been kind of their their uh, primary campaign for the last 10 years, 10 years or so. Yeah. 10 years. They have finally come to the conclusion. They have finally concluded the Void Saga at 4th edition level 29 Ooh. i was hearing steven schleiger right uh -huh. his name he was on the morning stream um was it like last week and he did say that they were done with that the campaign void, yep the void saga and he was telling me he was telling he was telling uh um the audience or you know the people listening to the morning stream that there were a lot of people who who messaged him and emailed him like, "What are you gonna do now? I can't believe you're gonna end this thing." And you know, it's like <laughs> no, I've been listening to this for like ten years, and it's like, oh, they were all there were a bunch of people who were devastated. Yeah, the oh gosh, yeah. Well, as a listener myself, like, yeah, you fall in love with these characters that they're using, and you fall in love with the story, and it's like you hear these voices telling this story. Day in and day out, you listen to it several times. Uh, and it's like you you get used to hearing the story and the characters. You get really attached to them. And a lot of people were thinking that since the Void Saga, which started the whole thing off, they were thinking that since the Void Saga was finished, a lot of people were thinking that Critical Hit itself is finished. That's not the case. No, that's not the case. That is not <laughs> the case. Critical Hit will continue 
though the adventures of the Void Saga are con- the, the adventurers of the in the Void Saga have have gone on their separate ways. The people who play the game are still going to be there. So so those of us who listen to Critical Hit will still hear our familiar voices that we What's, like to hear. Who was I heard that the DM in that game he's not going to DM the next one. He is not DMing the next yeah. one. Yeah. So is he like doing what we did in our campaign where I DM'd the first game? No, 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 no. What it was is he DM'd the entirety of the Void Saga. Yeah. So the Void Saga is concluded. Yeah. They are not picking up in the same universe because that's his universe that oh, he created. Oh, so they're going to use the same characters they're but not in a different this, universe. No, no, no. Oh, the, so they're no, these all characters, new crew. Yeah, it's, oh. the, it's going to be the same players. Um, but they are going to play different games, different settings, different systems. Uh, they should do something. They so, should do something like futuristic. Oh, they have that in the plans. I'm I'm <laughs> kind want, of excited. I kind of want to do. If I'm ever going to play another like dungeon, like a dungeon, a tabletop game, Dungeons and Dragons like tabletop game. You want it to be. I'd want it to be sort of futuristic. I'm, oh yeah. I'm really keen to like. I'm really interested in seeing, like, you know, like, making a character, like, in a, like... Uh, here's, here's the thing. Systems that are set in futuristic settings, they exist. Oh, yeah, I know. Um, I think I think two of the ones that they've got planned for the future are actually sci-fi settings. That's good. That's yeah, cool. they've got, um, uh, gosh, if I can find it in the Discord, because I know they talked about it in the Discord... That's what I liked about Scott Johnson's crew when they were doing their sort of t- tabletop Dungeons and Dragons. They did not place it in like Faerun or any yeah. of like the Dungeons and Dragons sort of like typical like fantasy land kind of thing. They did it in post-apocalyptic universe and with like with like vehicles and stuff. That really intrigued me because essentially you could do that for with Dungeons and Dragons like yeah. You know, five E rules. You just, you know, you have to so, homebrew a, a lot of things. You know what I've what I've heard um, is that um, if you're wanting to change, if you're wanting to change the setting, there are there are systems that are easier to translate from from one setting to another. Like I've heard that Pathfinder is easier to translate into different yeah. settings. Uh, Fate and Fate Accelerated are a lot easier to create custom settings for yeah. because it's basically the, the players and the game master are working together to create the setting. Yep. Um, but I think, if I recall correctly, I'm going to get this wrong. We we were just chatting about it in the, in the Major Spoilers Discord, and I know one of the games in that they're planning to play in the future is I believe Starfinder, which is I've never heard of that. Yeah, system. it's it's very similar to um, Pathfinder, and I think it's made also by Paizo, which okay. is the publisher of, of, of Pathfinder. Yeah. Um, there's also talk that maybe someday in the future they'll play a game called Lancer, which is basically mech suits. Like giant robots and stuff. I need giant to, mechs. I need to start 
like figuring out some of these other systems. The only one I know is, is this one, obviously, right? Well, yeah, it's Dungeons yeah, and Dragons. You, you know one but of the you know one of those you know one of those uh, charity bundles I purchased. Well, you have a Pathfinder book now. I have a Pathfinder book that was part of the humble bundle. Yeah. But um, in one of the uh, indie game charity bundles that I bought, it includes the Lancer rule book. Oh, nice. So we might actually look at that. I, I want to see it being played. Yeah. Which is one of the nice things about yeah. actual play. Like, um, yeah, Critical Hit, in, in its history, um, when Rodrigo needed a break from DMing Void Saga, like, he'd get to the end of a story arc, and he would need a break, so they would play a different game. And they would they would have a full story run. Like, they they did a Fate Accelerated one to kind of show how that worked. They ran a system uh, powered by the apocalypse. Uh, I can't remember what version of that they played, um, but they played one that was in a powered by the apocalypse system. They they did play a brief uh, segment of a five E canned campaign. You know, one of those modules. Uh-huh. They play, They played a little bit of that. And they didn't. They played until basically they got to level three, so they didn't get to the meaty part of it. But you know, they they were finding their differences, and they didn't want to go too far with a with a pre written campaign with it. So. Okay. But yeah, I I am looking forward to hearing Rodrigo as a player because yeah he gets up to shenanigans. Well, cool. I know there's yeah, other. Um, I mean. And I'm listen. I'm looking forward to hearing the other, the other people's DM styles, because um, Sam, she ran a Pathfinder game, that was a weird Western, which is kind of they. She basically turned it into a kind of a fantasy Western. It was that was a cool one. I liked it a lot. She's been watching a lot of Westworld, I assume. I don't know what inspired it exactly. I, just, <laughs> I have a feeling it was Westworld. I, I probably heard it in their GM roundtable. But anyway, <laughs> Critical Hit. Um, not going away. Not going they're away. They're done with the campaign they're... and they're going to start a new one. Which is good news because sometimes you need a refresher. Yep. And they're going to play know, new systems. Like, uh, in the GM roundtable, like, Rodrigo admitted that Dungeons & Dragons isn't even his favorite system. No, it's like, it's the granddaddy system. And yeah, it's gonna and be. It's it's got its issues, and you know. Oh yeah. But there's there's lots of systems out there. Like I know, when I DM, I mean when I DM, um, I never really stick to the to the core rule book in a sense. Like I actually took like stuff out of like a different in a different uh, uh, system because I liked it so much. Mm-hmm. So I'd stick it in. Our, you know, when I DM, I stick it in our game. Mm-hmm. Like secrets and that sort of thing. You know? Yeah. Because secrets to me was like, oh, that's a really good... Yeah. That's a really good thing, right? And then trying to build the story off of that secret. That's how you became a... That's how you turned <laughs> me into a fairy princess. That's how I turned you into a fairy princess. Because it was part of... It was, I was playing on with your secret. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, so... Void Saga is done, but Critical Hit is continues onward. Same players, new stories. Yeah. It's a, it's going to be exciting. Cool. But regardless of the style or type of restaurant, they all have one thing in common. 
And that is the serving of food. It's still fresh. But I'll take only what I need. They've got to last. All right, Pam, you gave us a challenge last time. What was the challenge you gave us? It was a dip challenge. So the challenge was is that uh, all three of us need to figure out uh, how to create a dip that we've never tried before. It could be a dessert dip, fruit or veggie dip. It was up to you as long as it was something that you haven't tried before. Okay, well, let's start with you. What dip did you make? So I, I don't, I'm not big on eggplant. So I did a Greek eggplant dip. Uh, there, there's a Greek word. Um, it's long. It starts with M. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I don't want to slaughter it, so I'm not gonna say it. We'll we'll but see what it's spelled like in your Instagram later. Yeah, yeah, I will. At um, Dragon. But but say uh, it's actually just. So it's just eggplants. Then you mush it together with some garlic. And then with olive oil me. and lemon juice. What? You already lost me. You lost that eggplant. <laughs> you lost me at eggplant. Oh, you don't like eggplant? I hate with I, a passion. What? I like that eggplant. Eggplant. I like eggplant well enough. You can keep talking. Keep, keep going, though. Keep going, though. <laughs> so, okay, so I will not make this for Edwin then. But, um, so it's basically eggplants. You mush it with... Uh, olive oil and lemon juice and then you mix that mixture with some um herbs and a little bit of mint and it's you could serve it with any type of bread they they say that it goes well with warm pita bread or chips we actually just tried it with just regular bread and actually it it's not it's not it's not bad um i think the big thing is is the texture Edwin, stop shaking your head. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I saw you push the button, so I'm like, what, is, what are you doing? Don't silence I'm muting, me. I'm muting myself because I'm, I'm he... getting, I'm going, bleh, bleh, <laughs> 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 He doesn't care for mint either. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you completely lost me on mint. Is it, is it, is it the texture? What or, mint? No, the eggplant. Eggplant? Just eggplant it's everything. General. It's everything by eggplant. It's everything. It's it's a long story, but let's say eggplant made a very prevalent, um, uh, prevalent, uh, like spot in my childhood oh, that I completely. He is scarred for life. Apparently, oh. it's, it's not good. See anyway. See. I'm kind of on the fence with eggplant. I've tasted it, and it's, I'm not, I'm not loving it. But I don't exactly hate it either. Usually, my it, only thing with eggplant was that it was part of a Filipino dish, one of my favorites. Oh yeah, it makes it makes its it makes its appearance in a lot of Filipino dishes. Yeah, that was the only time that I've ever had eggplant. Well, actually, no, there's another there's another dish, but this is the first time of me actually cooking eggplant. So, so how did your dip end off? Um, well, okay, so I was, the texture was interesting. <laughs> interesting was, is a very Minnesota term. Oh, I was just, well, no, nice it's term. just, I was actually surprised that, um, 
I actually enjoyed it. You did actually enjoy it? Um, it's not exact. I wouldn't put it in the whole this is the best dip ever list, but it was definitely not the worst. Um, so what did you end up rating it? We we both ended up like a 16. Okay, this that's is solid. A, I think that would be this would be an excellent dip for summer because it was a very cool dip and you could actually experiment with it. It doesn't have to be a dip. You could also make it into like a light summer meal if you mix it with other stuff. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. Jeez. <laughs> But this this was the first time, you know, I actually, you know, cooked eggplant. Because the first step is basically you, ro- what, roast? Yeah, you roast the eggplant and it's supposed to collapse on itself. Edmund's still just shaking his head. <laughs> oh, gosh, I can't even, sorry. It's not that bad. I'm just thinking about it right now. It's just like, oh my gosh. I'm sure it's I, good. I'm sure if anybody who actually likes eggplant and likes who likes the taste of eggplant and this dip, I'm sure it's good. You know, it's the same way I think people who like roadkill like roadkill for certain reasons. So how are you comparing eggplant to roadkill? <laughs> no, 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 it's I'm not talking about I'm not talking about like the food itself. I'm talking about the reasons why people like a certain food. And I'm I'm sure you just you know, compared eggplant. It's to what roadkill. it's like. What it's like. What Samuel Jackson said in 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 Pulp Fiction: "Sewer rat tastes like apple pie." But I wouldn't know because I would never eat the thing. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, then I won't tell you that it is. Then <laughs> okay, so let's let's go from eggplant to whatever you made, Edwin. What was that? <laughs> I made. You know what? I've from made a, thing a ton that of. Was- from, from a thing that would kill you one way to a thing that would kill you another way. Yes. Yes, yes. It will it will kill you for certain people, especially people who have certain conditions. Now, tell us what nearly killed you. Because it put me almost under. <laughs> um, so, I, I make... I know how to make a lot of dips. So, this was a little bit... This is actually a little bit challenging if we're going to make a dip that we've never made before. So, I've deci- I decided to go for a more sweet dip... Because I've never done a sweet dip. When I think of a dip, I think of like, hey, there's chips and Doritos or whatever. And, you know, you're... Um, so you're talking about like more savory. Oh, he did a sweet dip. A very a sweet dip. He did a very okay. sweet dip. So what it was, it's called... It was called... And I got this from... I forgot what website that was. It's like um, Pan Wow, I think. Okay. Um, it's called a strawberry cheesecake dip. Ooh, that sounds heavy. Oh. <laughs> uh, it, it is rich and so really, really sweet. What it is, is basically, if you're too lazy to make an actual strawberry cheesecake, let's make a dip because it's a lot easier and it's a lot, uh, you know, not, not much skill to it, really. Because all it is is, you know, the ingredients is literally confectioner sugar right cream cheese um vanilla extract and um lemon zest was in there strawberry preserves and strawberry preserves and you fold in the strawberry (laughs) preserves into this um into the uh 
cream cheese mixture and you dip it with graham crackers. And <laughs> it was so sweet. It was, I was sweet. Like, that did the graham crackers even hold? Oh yeah. Because okay. oh, do you have to, oh, there's also sour cream in it because that that makes it more smoother and less you know, a little bit Heavy? more No, a little bit more like it 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 lined it up so that it wasn't like you're not like trying it wasn't like a consistency of it's, like like it smooths and wall softens. spackle. Okay. You know? It so, smooths and softens. Yeah, it smooths and softens it. Makes it less viscous. Yeah. Okay. So So what how would you rate it? I think I gave this one a sixteen. Yeah, I gave it a sixteen. And we determined that um it might have been better if it had used fresh strawberries instead. Yeah. Mm. Um, Just give it a little and, more tartiness. And maybe a little less confectioner sugar. I followed the recipe to a T. Like, to yeah, a... It, yeah, like a, so it it was good, but it could use some modification. Yeah. I didn't modify it at all because one of the rules was that if you're going to modify it and you're going to... You're gonna make it your own, then you're gonna have to write it down. Or or make note of it somehow. <laughs> or make note of it somehow. And I was just too lazy to do that, so I went to the T. Well, I'm pretty sure that since this is the first time that you made, you know, something, you wouldn't want to make note modifications. Well, personally. I was very tempted I was actually very tempted to, because when I saw the the measurements, you know, and just you know, knowing knowing how to, you know, do things in the kitchen and how things taste. I did feel like the confectioner sugar was too much because it was asking okay. for a cup and a half. Right? And <laughs> I was like, that's a lot, but whatever. <laughs> you know, so, you know, I dumped in a cup and a half, a cup, oh, no, a cup and a quarter, I'm sorry, a cup and a quarter of confectioner sugar. If it were up to me, I'd probably only put my like three quarters, two thirds in there and okay. put salt. In because salt makes anything sweet better, mm-hmm. and okay. I would probably not go with the lemon zest. Yeah, I think it was like an added layer that wasn't necessary. Yeah. Mm. Okay, the whole thing. So, hmm. other than that, I mean, it it was it was tasty. It just needs some ref- some yeah. refinement. It's one of those things where right. you eat it. You know, it's one of those things where you want this. Right? On one plate. And you're going to want, like, you know, like, tortillas and and cheese on the other one. Right? Or or something a little bit more savory. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, you do not want to eat just that You don't want to just eat just... just straight because you're going to, you know, in you, terms of... You die. <laughs> yeah, you're going to die. Like, seriously, I ate, like, maybe... What? Maybe like a quarter a... cup of the dip? If even. If even. And yeah. I already put mm-hmm. me down. I was like, I yeah. was like, I'm going, I'm going to the bedroom. I'm just going to lay down because. Yeah. It, the, <laughs> the sugar was just overwhelming. For it was him. just overwhelming. You know, I, I thought I was like, and I, you know, it's like, man, and I was drinking a lot of water just to get the, get the glickiness <laughs> out, I guess. Yeah. Flush the sugar out. Get, <laughs> Flush the get... sugar out flush out the glick yeah so okay anyways so angela what's your dip okay 
I made a BLT dip. Ooh. Now, I, I found this recipe on um, the Food Network website, foodnetwork.com. Um, this particular version was the one by Sandra Lee. Now, I got to tell you, um, I knew from the instant I picked it that I would be modifying it. Sandra Lee is pretty, pretty reliable, though. Ah, I I knew from the get go that I was going to modify oh. it. For one, um, the the ingredients as listed, you have to actually read the recipe and the instructions itself. Otherwise, you are going to ruin one of your ingredients. Also, hmm. okay. that particular ingredient is unnecessary and wasteful the way that it's used. Um, because this this thing like it's listed one head iceberg lettuce shredded. You don't shred the iceberg lettuce. You turn it into a bowl. The it's just the lettuce is only there to act as a bowl, which I just found completely wasteful and pointless. So I knew I was going to modify hmm. that. Um, okay. Another thing was it. It asks for, quote-unquote, real bacon crumble, or, you know, fancy bacon bits. Okay. Um, I did not want to do that. I decided to go with freshly cooked bacon. Which I was a definite plus, yeah. yeah. If you can go fresh, go fresh. Yeah, because if you're going for real bacon... I just felt like if I added real bacon crumble, like it was saying, it would probably end up way too salty. Because, you know, bacon on its own is salty, and bacon bits for salads well, tend to be saltier. If, if you use, like, bacos or something like that, right? If you're going with bacos, it's gonna be salty, because that's how it is. Yeah. But there's different brands of, yeah. like, bako type. Yeah, so if, it it if, had a recommended brand in here, but it's like, I'm not going to be using no. recommended brands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so you don't even know if you can get those brands here. Yeah. So not during a pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing that it that it okay. What I found kind of I was not thrilled with the recipe as written. Like another part of it was like a package of whole pita pockets cut into small triangles. You turn those into pita chips. It's telling you, okay, use use pre-made bacon crumble but make your own pita chips which i just found like ridiculous <laughs> so i bought pita chips regular crackers would probably work just as well okay or tiny toast things i would have done tiny toast things tiny toast things would also work yeah. really well um yeah so um it has the sun-dried tomatoes. I used those as recommended. Um, which those, you know, you have to soak them. And then, and drain them. Uh, it's got the pita pockets that you turn into pita chips. So I just got pita chips because it's <sighs> Mayonnaise, sour <laughs> cream, fresh bacon, or freshly cooked bacon instead of the bacon crumbles, a little bit of salt and pepper, and lettuce. Now... Okay, I was looking at the recipe also and realized that this was going to be very, very heavy tasting. 
Um, so I decided that I would include the, the lettuce, but in a different form. Um, okay. So I instead used, rather than having it as a bowl, which I thought was wasteful and um, unnecessary, I actually got some other, some romaine lettuce instead, because it's got a little more flavor to it, a little more oomph. And mm-hmm. I shredded that and used it as an edible garnish, which it okay. really, really needed. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I... After modifications, I think it did really well. But without the modifications, I think it would have just been too heavy and mm-hmm. it would have been lacking something. I, yeah, I think okay. it would have been... I know, when I, when I had it... Yeah, it was a little heavy. I would have probably not done it with the sour cream. I think I told you this. Yeah, I would have we... gone with like creme fraiche or something like that just to get the the tanginess off a little bit. Yeah, it it was pretty tangy. So yeah, and then yeah, good call on the bacon again. If you're gonna if if you have like the real deal, go with the real deal. Mm-hmm. You know, don't go with like, I mean, don't go with like fake ones or like pre-packaged ones because they're not going to taste the same yeah um yeah it was good like i would have had a, i would have, i would have loved it again yeah I mean, you know me so, with blts yeah so. so i personally gave it a 17 after the current modifications i think it would do better with further modification okay. um if you took the lettuce out if you didn't have the lettuce in it i think it would dip down to 16 um but since we had the lettuce actually in it as an edible garnish i think 17 i would have gone with butter lettuce i know you like butter lettuce yeah but what was your rating <laughs> it was 17 i liked yeah. it i liked it with caveats but it was not nearly as like it you know it, it could have been better with if it was modified a little bit more yeah i mean okay. Yeah, it was good. I enjoyed it. I I was eating it today. That was practically my dinner because because <laughs> I found myself like just eating that like you know straight up. And I like BLTs. I'm a big VLT fan. So, so restaurant sandwiches. If he's so inclined, I would accept <laughs> a BLT from sandwich shops. So. <laughs> All right, so those are our dishes. Um, Pam, you're going to eventually put those pictures up. Did, did they arrive to you? Yes, I got them. All Thank right. you. Yes, yeah, so the pictures of our food will be on Instagram eventually at Panda Cat Dragon. Yes. Yes. Uh, and next time, we're actually not doing a challenge for next time. We recently went to a drive-in called Peppermint Twist. So next time we'll uh, we'll talk about that yes. a bit. Uh, before they close. Before they close up for the season. Exactly. For the season, not <laughs> permanently. Yeah. Yeah. Don't scare us. <laughs> <laughs> We're not gonna ray a place that's that's gonna close. It'll just be a waste of time. <laughs> but anyway, enough of food. Let's go to story time. Let's tell a story. Now we present the hilarious story of their further adventures. Well, we're going to go back to Eberron again. Because <laughs> there's a lot going on in that world. Boy, howdy. Uh, 
So I believe last time I mentioned them, they were, uh, the characters there were up to some poorly disguised espionage. Well, things went even further south, and they essentially just barely got away with their lives after their opponent essentially just got bored and decided he'd rather defeat them in a different way. So they were allowed to flee. Only the next day, Pepper had an appointment with the town council, the triumvirate of Zereshak. Well, their opponent from the night before, the one that they had attempted poorly disguised espionage against, he also had a meeting with the triumvirate. Well, he, he was allowed to prevent, present his case first, and unfortunately he had all the evidence and pointed out that our party, now known as the Perilous Adventure Society of Borgrave University, also called Pasamu, he had evidence that we had indeed attempted poorly disguised espionage against him. Pepper was then allowed to make her case. Unfortunately, she had no evidence. Only her word and a promise of submitting to a zone of truth. But that was not to be. There, the council decided that they would see the evidence, but they didn't particularly trust magic. And so, our ally in the town, after the hearing, advised us to flee as quickly as we could. He would, he would be absent and would not see us flee. Therefore, he could claim a, a plausible deniability. And so, flee we did. We took our guide, we took a boat, and fled into the shadow marches. And after we fled into the shadow marches, we we scurried and were promptly met met by extraplanar monstrosities. Uh, bad times were had, and we nearly fell again. Still not having had even a moment to get a good night's sleep. Not a moment to complete a long rest and regain our, our energies. We found a moment to breathe and, and attempt to sleep as we traveled. But of course, things never go well when you're surrounded by monsters. And so, while Pepper slept and the others kept watch and continued the travels, we were attacked once again by something in the swamp. It just... Overall, it did not go well. <laughs> that sounded like some like something that we would have played. <laughs> oh, it was just oh gosh. We have special metal to fight these particular monsters. Only one of our party doesn't exact one of our party is a wizard, and she doesn't exactly have many battle spells. Not that she has any spell slots left. Oh, no. And Pepper doesn't have any spell slots left. But she's got some cantrips. She can make fun of them to death. 
She can do that. She can take her little itty bitty dagger and try to stab that story to come about. Uh, Oh, gosh. (laughs) However, next time we may end up going back to Faerun to see what's going on with uh, Muggsy and Helja and the others. We'll see what happens, though. I just know things are not going well in Eberron. (laughs) (laughs) We've got a psychopath out to get them. Our DM for that one told us that uh, the the guy who nearly killed us and decided he was just bored with us, so he let us go. He's going to be really, really mad that we did that we skipped town and he couldn't defeat us in court. So he's gonna be hot on our tail and try to kill us again. <laughs> Probably. Uh, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> All, All right. right. We have we have one last thing to round out the show. Just a little bit of geeky fun time. So I've got a question for your consideration. Oops, that's the wrong one. <laughs> it's this one I want. Nope, that's not the right one. It's this one. Okay, what's okay. our question? Okay. The question Third for you. <laughs> Third time is a charm. All right. So, we I know we all had favorite shows as kids, and um, I'm pretty sure we all have shows that pull us in, even though we are not the target audience for them. So, my question for you. If you need to pick a show to watch that is not targeted for grown-ups, what is your go-to show? I, I'm sure you've got multiple of them, so we'll just, we'll just talk this one out. Pam, what's one of your go-to shows? Well, one of my go-to shows well, when I was a kid that I would watch now as an adult still it's probably a show that not a lot of people know. But um, I remember when, you know, um, what was it? Saturday mornings. Mm-hmm. There's always that string of cartoons that are on. So I remember a show called Mighty Max. And if no one knows about, heard about this, uh, Mighty Max centered around a young boy that has a magical cap. And this magical cap has the ability to travel through time. And I think it's most I think they mostly traveled back in time. Because a lot of the episodes were kind of history based. Okay. And his he would have sidekicks. One was uh, an owl, I think, dressed like a wizard, and he was like all knowing and whatever, and he was supposed to be the educational like the educator of the uh, series. And here, and then the other one was like a big brawly Viking, I think. And I think he was—he wasn't that smart, but he—he he was at least there as a protector f- for the group. Makes sense. Because yeah, when you travel through time, you need protection. <laughs> and I think what made it enjoyable for me was that it kind of—I did not like history growing up. I hated mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. But this show actually made history more fun, more comical, and not not 
the whole, oh, on this day, this happened. They just showed what happened. And I'm like, oh. That okay. it did its job. That, that, you know, that history, you know, is interesting. And not all dates. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. What about your your guys' shows? Okay, I I actually have two. Well, three. I, I like a lot of, of shows that are not targeted towards me. All right, if you if I'm going to one from my childhood, it's definitely Gargoyles. Yes. Yes, yeah. that was a good one. That yeah, like I found out that Gargoyles is is on Disney Plus, so I I watch Gargoyles when I get a chance. It's a great show. Um and yeah, the the producer has shown up at at a couple of well I went to one of the um conventions that he went to to and went to his panels and he's the the producer of of gargoyles actually is a pretty cool guy so at least he seems mm-hmm. like a pretty cool guy um yeah so gargoyles is is one of the shows that i just absolutely love and i have access to again yay um, do you think do you think that there will be a continuation i hope so that would be so fantastic <laughs> The third yeah, season that, would... that we deserve that ended up something completely different. Well, it's well. I think it will. I think it'll include him in the production. I, oh, I I, it better. Oh, he did such a fantastic job. Like the yes. the uh, canon third season, um, they call it the Goliath Chronicles because it's so completely different from the original show, and mm. um, it was actually think it was one of the shows that actually started the whole kick of yes kids want a story that progresses each time there's a new episode so it it's one of those shows that they actually started showing the episodes in order because it told a linear story mm, okay edwin has a grudge against gargoyles i can't go, I, I can't get into gargoyles i don't i don't know we're hitting all of edwin's grudges tonight <laughs> i don't i don't <laughs> I don't know, like you know, the show that he replaced was finished. What show was that? I believe you said it was Tailspin that he replaced. Yes, it did replace Tailspin. Yeah, Tailspin was finished. Like Greg Weissman finished up. He was working on Tailspin, and he's he says that that when Gargoyles went on the air, he had finished up what he wanted to accomplish with Tailspin. So Tailspin, as as a show, the story of Tailspin. It was completed. Do you see a recurring theme here with me? Planes? <laughs> she you didn't mean to. <laughs> anyway, okay, well, fine. Edwin, what's the show? From- well, I got a lot of favorite shows I'd probably stop and watch. Um, but if you, had, if you had to pick one, like if I was saying, Edwin, you can pick a show, but you have to pick one, and you have to pick it right now. You're gonna, you're gonna, you even know the show. It's probably completely left field from what you guys would know. Okay. Um, there was a show on Nickelodeon when I was a kid, and I just happened to run across it uh, a couple months ago. Uh huh. Um, there was a show on Nickelodeon called. The Mysteries of the Seven Cities of Gold. And it was a series. It was a 39-episode series. 
And it, I can still remember when it was on. It was on at 1.30 every day in the afternoon. <laughs> right before today's special. And this is probably dating me. Because if anybody's listening to this and they know what I'm talking about, you know how old I am at this point. <laughs> <laughs> because these shows are... These are the shows I grew up with in the 80s when I was a little kid. I used to watch when I got when I discovered Nickelodeon, there was a series of shows. It was like it was like Saturday morning cartoons for me. And the end show was always The Mysteries of the Seven Seas of Gold and I always watched that. Hmm. And then when I started school, <laughs> I couldn't watch it anymore. Because school did first grade didn't end till like three, almost four o'clock in the afternoon for me, right. and I was yep. so upset because I could not watch Seven Seas of Gold. <laughs> and I came across it in YouTube. You found it. I found it on YouTube, and I was like, "Oh my gosh!" I sat there and just watched it. And I was like, oh my gosh, I remember, I just, I remember why I liked it uh-huh. right there. Because it, it scratches even today an itch that I always liked was that the, like, like mystery, you know, like mystery solving linear, what do you call it? Procedural sort of thing. It was almost like a, a kid's procedural, like mystery um, show. Because each of the episodes had something to do with each other. And at the end of the 39 episode run, you know, there was a good conclusion after it. And it was it was great. It itched. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I, where have you been? I haven't seen you in such a long time. <laughs> Play the next episode. And then it had today's special too. So I had to watch a little bit of today's special. Because I used to watch it all the time. It's the the departments the kid a department store, toy store with a mannequin that came alive at night and there was the night watchman that was like a was a uh, like um, was a puppet. It was actually <laughs> that show was actually made by the same people who made Sesame Street. Oh wow! Yeah, hmm. kids. Okay. Yeah, so. Anyways, I, there it is. Oh, another show that I watched. Okay, I recently rewatched Avatar: The Last Airbender. I like that one too. Oh, that was um, new. Uh, yeah, that one. I that one didn't come out until I was already a grown up, so I was not the target audience. But I just love it to bits because you know everything. Did, like they pull out little little details that you don't notice your first watch through. They pull it out. And it's like, oh, this thing comes back, and this thing comes back, and you're like, wait, wait, what? That yeah. that was way back in this show. Oh yes, it was there all along. You made <laughs> me watch that show. I did make you watch it, and you loved it. You know you did. Well, okay, here's the thing. I couldn't stand the main main character. <sighs> I couldn't stand Aang. Edward. I, I just couldn't get. I just couldn't you gel with Aang. The, you watched it for. Iroh. I watched it for Appa and Uncle Iroh because those are the two characters that were like, like I want Appa as a pet, right? I think I haven't watched that series, and I know who Appa is, yeah. and I want one too. Yeah. Yeah. 
And Uncle Iroh is like one of those guys I just want to sit down and have tea with, and he can tell me life's wisdoms, you know, and teach me a thing about about how to live life. And I'd sit there and listen. Insightful one. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Sam, I I will tell you this. Um, At one point, the voice actor of Iroh does change. I found out why. I mean, I don't, I don't know why I didn't make the connection earlier. Apparently, during production, the voice actor for Iroh passed away. Oh "Oh, no! They actually use a. I I really appreciate that they actually went out and like casted a you know a a japanese person in his 80s to act it because it was like it's one of those things where it's like like you get that genuineness yeah right right right. yeah he he was fantastic for iroh and you know i i think people today even even today they still miss him and they still remember his voice and so yeah oh yeah right yeah and you know Iroh, he's one of those characters. Like I, I was talking with another friend about it, and and uh, they told me that uh, Iroh definitely is a positive male role model. You know. Oh yeah. 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 I have a cup. Make tea, not war. With Uncle <laughs> Iroh on it. I like it. it. it yeah, <laughs> Iroh's a good character. I'm gonna go off on a tangent. Please and, do. And ask. Is- is Power Rangers still going? <laughs> I think so, yeah. I know there's Power Rangers comic books still going. Why? It, it got popularity. Why? It got popularity. I know you don't understand Why? it. It's still a thing. I, the, the only reason... Okay, here's the thing. When, when Power Rangers was a thing, right? Mm-hmm. The only reasons why my... I had friends who watched it and the only reason why they watched it was because of the pink power ranger that was okay, it that's not the reason why i watched it <laughs> uh, here's here's the funny thing i was actually listening okay i listened to other major spoilers things like they were they did a dueling review and one of the ones that they did a dueling review for they they do this to to cover some new comic book releases they the viewer or the listeners voted and they ended up having to review a Power Rangers comic book. This wasn't just a couple months ago or a couple of years ago. No, this was a couple weeks ago. And it's <laughs> it's still ongoing. And what it is, it's still using those original Power Rangers characters. It's still got Tommy in it. Oh my god. Oh wow, Tommy. Yeah, it's still got Tommy. It's still got Kimberly. It's 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 still got those original characters. <laughs> I, I do admit that I kind of want to watch that that reboot of what was it Power Rangers the movie? Oh, the movie? Yeah, mainly, you watched it. Mainly because Brian Cranston is the the bad dude, and I'll watch anything that Brian Cranston does. <laughs> so you know, I'll give it. I'll give it for you. It was okay. That movie is worth is worth watching so that you could form your own opinion on. <laughs> Just don't compare. Don't compare to to the TV show. You're. I need. I think I should. I need to at least give it a, at least watch it at least once and mm-hmm. just once reserve my <laughs> thought of the pre of the original Power Rangers, it's, which I just could not stand. Compartmentalize it. Give it its own little box. I think. I think it was because right. I felt it was a ripoff. 
of Voltron. Oh, it is. Actually, well, actually, and Voltron was my favorite. One of my, was one of my favorite shows. Um, even though there was a very repetitive storyline. The Power Rangers actually, I think, was an Americanized version of a Japanese show. Yeah, it's so and, yeah. I, so, so Power Rangers, I'm pretty sure, like the villain stuff and the costume stuff. I'm pretty sure that was all actually used from the Japanese version. Yes, they well, just for anything that was out of costume, they filmed the American actors for. Well, Vol- Voltron was originally Japanese. I think I forgot yeah. I forgot the name of the show, but I actually was able to find the Japanese original that Power Rangers uh, was yeah. from, and yeah. you could just see it. Yeah, just how the way that you know the mask they had masks on, so you don't know who it was, but the way how they acted. The biggest thing that got to me was the um, people in those monster suits. Okay, I generally like anything that comes out of Japanese pop pop culture, except except that for that. And the whole the whole Power Rangers thing and Voltron that's actually its own entire genre over in Japan. Like they've got like the like those magical yeah. suit things. That's an entire genre. There's there's a whole lot of shows I, that are like that. I tried watching as an aside here. I tried watching Voltron again. Uh-huh. I couldn't do it. <laughs> I couldn't do it. I watched like third... I don't know where I, my head... I mean, I was a young kid. I didn't know anything better, really. You know, in terms of like the story. But I just I just remembered... I watched three episodes of Voltron. And it was very, very repetitive. The story. Yeah. It's like... It's like monster of the day that one, this one dude like, like unleashes to, you know, the castle or... And then Voltron comes out and he gets beaten up and beaten up and beaten up until he pulls out his sword and gives it one whack and he wins. Every single episode was like that. Yep. It's and like, I'm, why didn't you pull out the sword from the beginning? Because when just... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I understand. So, I couldn't do... I couldn't watch Voltron again. It was just one of those things where I completely ruined my childhood. <laughs> and now you have a grudge. <laughs> I couldn't do it. Okay, so I'm I'm sure there's other shows that you would totally watch if you could. Um, oh, yeah, there's plenty. There's lots of shows to choose from that are not targeted towards you, but you know, you watch it. You watch it. So I had a very good array of shows I watched when I was a kid. So. I'm sure. <laughs> We should probably. Um, we better end it. Yeah, we should probably going, like, wrap up. We're already going an hour and a half here. Oh wow! Are we really? Oh yikes! Yes, yeah. Yes. So we'll wrap up. Um, we'll wrap thanks up. everybody for listening. Uh, we're glad to have you for this episode thirty-two. Uh, my name is Angela. You can find me on the Twitterverse at Pleasant Doom. And my name is Pam. You could also find me on Twitter at Panda Dragon One. I also have an Instagram account under Panda Dragon. Uh, you can find me on T- as uh, at TCZedwin on Twitter, and you can find me on Instagram. I'm going to try to revive my Instagram now <laughs> for like the fifth time. But anyways, what's your Instagram? It's Edwin. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Although you could also reach Edwin, Edwin on the Facebook page. 
Yeah, you can. I don't really go on Facebook anyways, but that's a different Fine, story altogether. You can reach Pam, but you can always reach us on Dungeon Diners at gmail.com. Dungeon Diners at gmail.com. And that Facebook page is Legend Creators. Legend Creators, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, so if that's you want to cover any of the shows that we put out we're with both uh, Dungeons, Dinings, and Dorks and. PH Balance, which is the project that Edwin and Pam are working on. Take a listen if you haven't. Um, yep. Um, it is, we did hijack the DD&D uh, feed, so you can at least listen to the first episode. Um, and uh, if you have any uh, comments, if you want to dispute our claims of, uh, of, of childhood shows... Or we want to share your childhood shows that you couldn't, you couldn't, uh, you you'd probably watch in a heartbeat. Uh, email us at dungeondiners at gmail dot com. But anyway, uh, so yeah, contact us, follow us. Uh, we'll be happy to hear from you. Uh, yeah, thanks again for listening to uh, Dungeons, Dinings, and Dorks. Bye. Bye. Bye.